Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mental Money, a financial podcast that believes that money is more than just dollars and cents. I'm your host, Randy, and I'm a legacy coach who has been teaching people to navigate their finances for the past few years, and I absolutely love seeing people win financially, which is one of the biggest reasons why I created this podcast. So what can you expect from the Mental Money Podcast? Well, the first thing you can expect is a new episode to drop the second Thursday in each month. And the second thing you can expect is a new guest every single time, sharing a unique perspective on their financial journey, their financial struggles, or just a unique take on a financial concept to help us all learn from each other. So if this podcast interests you, please give us a follow and keep listening because the next episode starts now. Thanks, Randy. So I'm Matthew Giorgio, and I'm an entrepreneur, engineer, writer, uh, and I focus a lot of my time on inventing and creating experiences to help people learn about business and financial literacy and money and uh, these types of topics. Awesome. So we were talking just off recording this, and we were talking about how um, you've you've talked with a bunch of accountants who just believe that or just see on a day-to-day basis that there's so many businesses, so many clients that they have that make a lot of money and that ultimately just just live paycheck to paycheck. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, that's right. I do see a, a lot of accountants who, uh, you know, kind of a little bit exasperated. I guess they're saying, you know, I've got these clients that I do the accounting for them. And even though they make a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes maybe even half a million a year in their salaries, they are buying so much stuff that they're just living paycheck to paycheck. They're just trying to keep up with whatever, you know, whatever, I guess, material goals that they're seeing, but are not properly managing their money. They're not thinking about money in the right way. And, uh, you know, then they end up getting in trouble when that nice paying job might uh, go away. Um, so I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of requirements to help people understand money better and how to save money better and not worry about material things as much as they might. So where do you think the breakdown starts? Oh, that's a, I, I think it's a, that's a big challenge in that uh, I think, you know, with social media, we're seeing so many people share, you know, the best of their lives. And a lot of the things that we see people sharing on social media are not really real. And so we kind of get into this trap of, oh, I have to have this and I have to have that. And, uh, you know, the the daily grind of just living our lives doesn't give us a lot of the opportunity to kind of step back and really think about well, what is it that's going to make me happy? Uh, you know, what is happiness for me? And we end up measuring our happiness based on other people's sharing of their best lives or the best little, little slivers of their lives. You know, they're not sharing the other challenges of their lives. So we ended up measuring our own happiness based on other people's happiness. And I think we have to, you know, take a pause and think about well, what makes us happy, you know, forget about what other people are doing, what makes us happy and how can I, you know, achieve goals of making myself and my, my family happy. Right. Yeah. I often find that um, comparison just destroys pro- progress. 
right? It destroys everything. Comparison destroys your finances. Comparison destroys your marriages. Comparison destroys your mental health. Like comparison destroys a lot of things in, in, in your life. So if we can limit the amount of comparison that we do and focus on just ourselves and our goals, I think that we'll just be better off. Totally right. Uh, you know, comparison is always going to be a losing game because no matter what you have and when you have, there's always going to be something out there that looks better and bigger and more interesting. So it's always going to be a, a losing game uh, for us. And until we take an opportunity to pause and again, just think about our own happiness and what makes us happy. And that's, a, you know, Randy, that's a real challenge too, because a lot of us don't know what makes us happy, right? Um, even, even if we look at careers, which is one of the areas that I work in, in terms of helping, um, helping young people determine what they want to do in their lives. You know, we don't know what we want to do in our lives. You know, we expect 17, 18, 19 year old kids to know what careers they want. And they end up spending a whole bunch of money in college and other routes and realize, you know, that's not for them. And then you, of course you have uh, mature adults, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, they still don't know what they, what they want in their lives. And I think it's because, you know, we're not just not creating enough experiences for ourselves. We're not discovering enough about ourselves. And it, it is a real challenge. So for people like you, you, you work with businesses, correct? And, yep. and so are you, are you working with businesses to kind of help like shift their mindsets a little bit? Or are you working with businesses who just want to, or like already like well-established already, but are just missing something to get to the next level? So most of the most of the businesses we work with are uh, on the on the entrepreneurship and business skill side. So helping people understand their customers better, um, understand how to manage businesses better. Most of the work we do is actually in schools. So middle schools, high schools, universities, and colleges that use our products to help gain skills in business and personal financial literacy and investing. And what's unique about our products is that they're all based on simulations and games. So we develop very realistic simulation games where you can actually run businesses, just like a pilot might learn to fly an airplane using a flight simulator. We allow you to do that with running businesses. We also allow you to do that with your personal financial life, where you can live your life for up to 20 years in a simulated environment, making decisions like you would in the real world. And so that's that's where most of our experience lies is in helping people actually gain these experiences and let them make decisions, let them fail without risk so they can kind of see and you know what the consequences of those decisions are. And so when you take people through these simulations, what do you generally find? I think they discover uh, from the personal finance side uh, which it would be different than the business side. Yeah. Um, although from a mindset, it's still, it's still, it's some has some similarities, but I think to discover, you know, how expensive life can be if you're focused on the wrong things. Um, they may also discover, um, you know, wh what kind of opportunities are available to them, what kind of doors might close to them if they don't make the right decisions. For example, you know, whether you go to college or not go to college, there's no right answer there. And in fact, just to take a step back for a moment, Randy, you know, one of the challenges in teaching people personal finance is that there is no, there is no common measure of success, right? Your measure of success in your life is different than my measure of success. Some people 
you know, want to be very wealthy and are willing to risk and sacrifice a lot to get there. Other people are more conservative or just aren't are happy with a modest lifestyle. They, that's not what their focus is. And there's no right or wrong. So when we help people learn about personal finance, our goal is to let you live whatever life you want to live in our simulated environment and, and realize the consequences of that choice of those choices, the financial consequences of those choices, and then help you decide today whether that's the path you want to stay on or maybe pivot or adjust. Um, so it's never it's never about telling you that's the right or wrong path. It's always about just giving you the experience so you can determine on your own whether you feel that's the right path for you. And I think that's uh, the biggest that's the biggest aha moment that we will see in our, our experiences. So do you find that a lot of people like switch their like going through the simulation? Do you find do you find a lot of people like severely shift their their focus once they like walk through it once? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they would shift because a lot of times when we're dealing with young people, they don't have a focus yet. You know, they they've got some ideas, but there's never really quite a focus. Um I think we're just helping them discover these are all the options that are available to you. So if you choose to go to college, there's going to be certain jobs that are open to you that will not be open to you if you don't choose to go to college. But at the same time, college costs a lot of money these days. And so when you finish, you're going to be in debt, most likely, unless you're lucky enough to you know, have some other fi financial way to, to uh, solve that. And so is that better or worse than finding some other route? So I don't think there a lot of students are going in with preconceived notions, except perhaps that a lot of students don't understand the cost of living, the cost of um, all these fancy toys that you see on social media, and how much, uh, how many hours you have to work in a typical job to achieve the finances to you know to get there. So I think that's the biggest aha moment. It's not so much a pivot in their uh, future choices because they haven't even gotten there yet. It's more about oh wow life costs money and I don't, and I only have 24 hours in a day in a day and I'm not sure I can accomplish everything that I want. So let me be more realistic about what I want, what I want to achieve. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you think that you're downplaying the dreams that people want to have, right? So like people have these big, big goals in mind and then they go through the simulation to realize that the, this goal is just like really too big to tackle and so they just they just quit on it but i understand where you're coming from where it just is um a realization that hey you know what like this 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 is going to take more than what i'm able to give to it and so we need to adjust on that basis yeah i mean we certainly don't want to extinguish anyone's big goals big dreams and so our simulation doesn't attempt to tell you, you shouldn't dream so big. Our simulation is based on reality. So we have dozens and dozens of jobs using realistic salaries. So when you, when you go into the simulation, you get a job and the salary you get is based on the, that real job. The cost of university, college education is based on real world uh, costs. The cost of rent are based is based on real world costs. We give you every, like you can buy all sorts of things. You can buy luxury homes in our simulation. You can buy luxury goods. So that's all available to you. Uh, so we don't restrict anything except for the fact that you actually have to generate enough money to do those things, right? So 
either you're going to get a really amazing job that pays a lot of money, which you can't just walk into because uh, our right. simulation just doesn't let you just take, you know, get the million dollar job. Or we also have investing options as well, saving and investing options where you can invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, and gold. And that's another way of growing your money is learning how to invest it wisely and learning about the options that are out there uh, for investing and making your money work for you. So yeah, we don't, we don't stifle anybody's goals in terms of the simulation, but as you play it, just like you would in running your real life, you realize, okay, these goals are big ones. They're going to take a lot of dedication, a lot of effort. I'm going to have to go on a certain path to get there. And mm -hmm. that's what we want you to know and learn is, um, you know, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you're willing to, you know, put the effort into it and have a little bit of luck on your side too, because, you know, luck plays a role in our, in everyone's <laughs> success too. Yeah, absolutely. And taking advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you and being able to do all that. And so when people go on these simulations, when they uh, look at the investing options that are presented to them, do you find that most people opt out on those and, and, or do you find that a lot of people look at those as actually like a decent option to kind of be like, okay, like if I want to retire by age 50, these are a good option. Yeah, that kind of actually depends on the instructor. So the instructor controls the experience for students. So each instructor might do things a little bit differently. And one of the challenges in um, education, particularly high school education, is there's only certain jurisdictions that require personal finance as a course. Okay. And so a lot of jurisdictions don't require personal finance as a course. And those that do require it, sometimes it's only like a very small component in another course. Like it might be one module in, in an economics course or even a math course. And so instructors have a very limited amount of curriculum time to devote it, to go to the experience. And so some who have more time, who might actually have a you know full semester personal finance course, they would most likely unlock the investment module to allow students to make those choices. But those who have shorter time would not. So a lot of that kind of actually depends on, on the instructor. But I think even when it's open, it also depends on the student's own history and knowledge on on investing, which a lot of kids don't necessarily have, but some are exposed to those concepts. You know, everybody, everybody knows about crypto in some shape or form. They may not know what it means. Yeah. But, you know, at some, you know, a year ago, everybody was, you know, thinking about, well, I got to get into crypto um, or I got to get into stocks or something like that. But again, that's the other thing we want people to learn through the experience in the simulation is nothing's guaranteed. Right. right. So you can invest in a stock. It's not guaranteed to go up. Same with real estate. You know, people automatically think real estate was an amazing investment. I mean, up until 2008 when the meltdown happened and they realized real estate is always is not always a good investment. There's a lot of variables involved. So that's the other yeah. thing we try to teach is you have to consider all these variables. Um, you may make money, you may lose money. Um, and you, you just have to be prepared for that potential outcome. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and I mean, I've just in schools in general, like I understand education should start at home. I'm just a big believer in that education on all this stuff should start at home, but ultimately schools have really dropped the ball on like actually being willing to even talk about the basics of personal finance as society in general has like 
dropped the ball on talking about personal finance in like healthy ways to help people understand this stuff so that when when they do get into the real world they can look at it and be like you know what i've heard about this if i invest even a little bit that will get me further than like grinding out on day-to-day basis or whatever it's just a matter of the lack of education has kind of shifted to be like we don't need to do that there's no point to do that because i don't understand it it's not been taught to me and then they give up and then they focus more yeah. on the grind, the day-to-day grind. They focus on other elements of their life. It, it is a challenge. And I find in, in Canada particularly, uh, most of our customers are in the U.S. and other countries. And I find Canada in particular, we have a very conservative attitudes towards talking about money, mm-hmm. um, even on the business and entrepreneurship side as well. I find Americans are more comfortable with talking about money. Not necessarily, it's not always necessarily in a good way, but right. um, but that conversation is a little bit more open. But it but it has been a challenge in in schools is providing that very practical education. I mean, even just the idea of doing a tax return. You know, we all have to do tax returns. Why aren't we, you know, taught a little bit on how to do a tax return in school? You know, that to me that would make sense rather than some other the math and other physics concepts that were we're taught. And I, I, and I say that as an engineer, you know, with background in math and physics, you know, as much as I've had that background, I, I think I would have been better prepared for life had I had a more practical <laughs> education. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where it just is going to have to start back from zero and just slowly like sleep in and, and re-educate and help like that. And so you work with like, yeah, yeah. So you work with high school students primarily, right? And you run them through the, all these simulations. Do you find that the majority of them take an interest in like kind of projecting like this? Or do you find that it's something that they're just being dragged to? No, I think, uh, you know, when you give students very practical knowledge and skills in what life is about, they are automatically interested. And and the other cool thing about simulation that's different than any other type of learning is it's personalized learning, right? It's you making decisions for yourself and realizing those consequences. You're not reading about some case study about somebody else. You're not doing a, you know, a net worth statement about some character. You're actually living your simulated life, choosing whatever you want to choose you know, discovering whatever it is you want to discover. So when you talk about uh, allowing people to engage in a game-like experience and in a game-like experience that's personal to them, all of a sudden you get a lot more interest. And, you know, education is all about changing behavior. It's not about just providing knowledge to people. You ultimately want to change someone's behavior. You want them to make personal finance. You want them to make better better personal financial literacy decisions Mm -hmm. to help them achieve their goals. And the only way you can change behavior is, in my opinion, is through experience. You know, you can tell somebody what they should do <laughs> and right. they'll understand what you're saying, but they're probably not going to do it until they run into some problem. You know, a great example, a very common example is credit, right? So easy to get credit cards these days. And so many people get in trouble with credit, right? Mm-hmm. They'll get the credit card, they'll buy stuff they can't afford, or even if they can afford it, they end up not paying it. The credit rating gets a hit. And now for seven years, <laughs> that 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 red flag is on your 
uh, credit rating. And anytime you go and do something else, if you want to go and get a car loan, you may get denied, or you may get the car loan at a much higher interest rate than you would have otherwise if you had better credit. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of thing you'll never experience in, in a video or any other lesson. And, and in your real life, once you experience it, you're going to suffer the consequences for years, for years, right? You know, there's an old saying in life that we have, right? If only I knew then what I know now, mm -hmm. I would have made better decisions or different decisions. And so um, the only way you can kind of give someone that experience is let them live their lives. And the only way you can do that is through a simulation. Let them suffer those consequences. So we do have, you know, you can't go bankrupt in our simulation. You can run out of money. If you don't pay your bills, if your credit rating goes down, you can't get loans. That can happen. Uh, same thing with our business simulations where we, where, where we let students um, and adults run virtual businesses. You can go bankrupt if you don't make good business decisions. And the challenge with running a business, just like in, in real life, mm -hmm. is you might, you might make a mistake today, but not realize the consequences until a few years. And now it's too late. That's actually you know, really cool that you can see that in a simulation because it's all tracked, right? Whereas oftentimes in life, it takes you going through everything and then 10 years later, looking back and being like, I don't know where this went wrong. Exactly. <laughs> but at least exactly. with the simulation, you can actually see, oh, that was the point. That was the point where, where, where that like, went off the rails kind of thing that's exactly. that's actually really interesting to look at it because then i mean like it takes even in personal lives like you can do something um like wrong or something that like really impacts you for the negative um 10 years and then like 10 years later you're in a therapist's office and they're trying to unwind <laughs> and figure this out for you <laughs> you're exactly right and you just have to bring it up on your report and your simulation report now you don't need the therapist yeah. um, you know a simple example too is in our simulation we actually let you buy lottery tickets so why do we let you buy lottery tickets because in the real world guess what you, you can yeah, that's you your can gamble you yeah. can gamble on the lottery but here's the difference is we track every dollar you spend on a lottery ticket in the simulation. And we also track how often you win, which is almost never because we use real life odds. Right. So when you're a student and you're living your life and you know five years in, 10 years into your simulated life, and you look and you spent, you know, three thousand dollars on a lottery ticket and got zero versus your classmate sitting next to you who spent that money on a bond or a stock or some other investment, and now it's doubled and tripled in value, you're now realizing, wow. You know, that may have been fun buying those lottery tickets, but I got nothing to show for it. And my classmate here made a much better decision. And now they, you know, they're further along in their life. So you, you've identified a very important thing, which is that ability to track um, every decision you're making and then see the consequences of that you know, projected into the future. Right. I, um, I forget who said it, but it was, it, it was some big, leader talked about how like when things are going right and you don't know why things are going right you have to figure out why things are going right <laughs> <laughs> otherwise yes. you're not going to be able to repeat that success or you're not going to be able to walk it back and understand 
like when it when it when it starts to like fade away or whatever or like leadership changes or whatever they're not going to be able to figure out what made them successful in the first place yeah that's a great observation you know i often talk about our brain and how our brain learns so i, I write about this stuff and and you know our brain is always learning so anything we're doing is educational for our brain because our brain yeah. is constantly trying to make connections on your past experiences and and you know projecting going forward and our brain doesn't always know what the right connections are, right? It's just going to take whatever experience you're experiencing right now and try to connect that with other past history. But there's no little green flag that goes up and says, that was a good choice. That was a bad choice. You kind of have to figure it out on your own. But if you have a structured learning experience, particularly through simulation where you're letting people live, you can actually identify this was good. This was not good. It was good. This was not good. So we're actually helping our brain make the proper connections to say, you know, what's working and what isn't. Um, also to your example, you know, I run into a lot of business people, you know, have been an entrepreneur for over 25 years, 30 years now. And I, you know, there's almost every successful entrepreneur will tell you that luck had something to do with their success, you know, the right time, right place, whatever it was. Some entrepreneurs you run into and they don't believe in luck. They believe they did it themselves. And then what you end up seeing is that they try to project their success on other people they're trying to help. So if they're trying to mentor someone, they're saying, well, I did it this way and it mm. worked for me. It should work for you. But that's not how the real world works. There's timing, there's luck, there's all sorts of context. As you and I were talking about earlier, the importance yeah. of context that affects success. And and so if, you know, if we're not able to measure what is working, what isn't, then how are we going to make better decisions going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we I mean, we were discussing about how um, in the personal finance game, how there's all of these courses out there that walk you through step by step by step to get you there. And then there's almost like no negotiation with like these steps moving forward. And so it often and I'm not like the majority of the time it's going to work, right? The majority of the time it is going to work. But the context matters when it comes to personalizing it and making it your own so that instead of just following a plan and being like, oh, that didn't work for me and like not knowing why it didn't work for you, it's worked for everyone else. Why isn't yeah. it working for me? Well, it's because the context is not figured out, right? That's right. And, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're doing these activities, like if you're just doing, watching a video about, you know, how to do a net worth statement, for example, well, if you're a high school kid or even just somebody just, out, you have very little net worth, you have very little stuff. Yeah. So doing a net worth statement, you know, that's helpful to know what a net worth statement is, but you got so little stuff, it's not meaningful to you. And right. so what ends up happening is you might have to do it on some virtual character or some made up character say, Hey, you know, John has this much money and he does this and that, you know, do a net worth statement for John, which is good too. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, let me do a net worth statement for myself at some point in the future, not just now when I got nothing, let me live my life and see how that net worth statement changes and how that net worth statement affects my ability to get a car loan, to get a home mortgage, you know, to get these other, other things that I want to achieve in life or even more education, buy more education, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that, that personalization, that context is so important, but at the same time, we have to recognize that's hard to do 
when you're young in life and have so little to include in that personalization. Again, why simulation is so effective because we can project you forward into the future. So I've been kind of like wrestling with this concept of like doing um, either like six month or like yearly check-ins like with your with yourself or with your business or something like that just to see like, hey, like we're doing um, in your personal finances, you know, like like do a do a yearly checkup to be like, oh, like we made these mistakes or whatever else. Does your simulation um, like include that kind of stuff with that? Or do you just let it fly and then let them figure out the mistakes after? So the simulation um, uh, advances in, in weekly increments. And there's a, a button that you as a student would click. And every time you click the button, your life advances one week. And as your life advances, things happen. So if you have a job, your salary gets deposited in your in your checking account every two weeks. If you have rent, you have to pay rent once a month. And, and so you get a payable that... Uh, appears on your screen. The simulation automatically generates your financial reports. So your net worth statement, your budgeting, your cash flow is automatically generated in real time. So you actually, while you're running your life in the simulation, you can just click to go and look at your cash flow. You can click to go look at your net worth statement. You can click to look, go look at your credit rating. So it's all happening in real time so that you don't have to wait you know, at some point in the future to see the results, you actually see the results immediately. And the oh, okay. way we, the way we measure success, because, you know, we're talking earlier about how do you measure success? Because when yeah. everybody has different life ex expectations, the way we measure success is by goal setting. So the instructor can choose from a, from dozens and dozens of goals. So a goal might be, for example, to um, have an emergency fund of at least $500 for two years. Our goal might be to get a part-time job and hold that part-time job for, you know, five years or go or get a, a diploma or a degree in, in the virtual college uh, simulation. And so uh, the instructor and, and our simulation comes with preset goals to make it easy for the instructor, but there might be like 20, 30, 40, 50 goals that are listed. So when you enter the simulation, you are presented with, these are your goals that you have to achieve. And there's a time frame for the goals too. So if it's, you know, a, a diploma in college, you have to achieve it within, you know, two, three, four years. And so uh, you're measured, there are points assigned to each goal. And as you would, as you progress on the goal, and as you achieve that goal, you're awarded points. So mm. it's totally goal, uh, goal based. And the other cool thing is you can play the simulation multiple times. So if you're a student who is not sure whether you want to go to college or not, the instructor can let you play the simulation twice one where a goal is to go to college and finance student loans and everything that you need to achieve that. And then you can play a simulation a second time where you don't go to college and you, you know, figure out things another way. And that way you can actually compare the two different uh, options and paths and, you know, realize what those consequences are. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And then it's laid out for you. You don't have to guess. <laughs> you don't have to and, guess. It's all right there. <laughs> and I mean, ultimately, that should help figure out the students' big picture, right? Like, it, it, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this, but like, um, just thinking about this, how you would walk through it, how you would go through the simulation and set goals, that would 
to me, that would help realize for myself, oh, I actually want to go in this direction or or this is a goal that I've achieved and I felt a lot better about achieving this goal than I did the other ones. So maybe this is the direction in life I maybe need to consider taking. Yeah, I think uh, I think what it does is one of three things for you, or all three, depending on how much you're learning. So one thing it can do, simulation-based learning, and through these experiences, uh, is it can it can help you discover what you don't want to do, right? So that's discovering that's what you don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> what you don't want to do is just as easy as discovering what you do want to do. And again, whether it's college or part-time jobs or whatever it is, the other thing it can do is help you actually dis- discover what you do want to do. Oh, I, you know. I want a I want a life that's very financially comfortable. I'm not I'm not um, predisposed to taking risks on investments. Hmm. So therefore, I want to find a job that's well paying, and you know that's going to be my my goal. So you're discovering where you want to go, and then the third is where you're not sure because you're st- you know particularly again young people still are not sure what you want to do in your life, and that's fine too. But what it's doing is it's preparing you to say okay. I still don't necessarily know what I want. I know a little bit what I don't want. Maybe I, what I want to explore over here, but at least I'm now equipped with the skills to make better financial decisions for myself so that right. when I when I do discover you know that path, I'm going to be better prepared because I've got an emergency fund or I've got some savings over here or I've, I've stored away some money in a bond that's going to grow for me over time. So you're you're even though again you don't necessarily know where it is you want to go you're better prepared uh, to get there. Yeah, you at least have the knowledge and a little bit more financial literacy of like going through all of these um, simulated failures, basically. That's right. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh well, like it didn't work. I I failed at being a lawyer, so maybe I shouldn't be a lawyer. But hey, like. I figured out how I can get through law school with, you know, less debt than I thought I could. Like all of those things are very, very important. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. So if you were to recommend something to just the audience here, uh, a book, a podcast, a, um, like a speaker of any kind, who would you recommend? What would you recommend? You know, I'm a I'm a big believer in what I call micro learning, and um, uh, or micro and what I call micro reading, where it's just go online and consume uh, things that follow your curiosity or allow you to follow your curiosity. So it's not a particular kind of uh, person or video or anything like that. It's just. If you want to learn about a certain aspect of personal finance, just start Googling it and see where that path takes you um, because you're going to pursue what you're interested in. But it all has to start with some level of curiosity and you're ultimately going to find your, you know, your tribe. That's one of the powerful things about you know, the Internet and social media as, as, with all the negatives that come with it. The positive is you can find people that are aligned with your thinking um, and, um, and, and, you know, match the way that you want to learn. So some mm-hmm. people love watching videos. Some people re- like reading books. I'm I'm going to be publishing a book soon called Money Superhero that com- kind of compresses um, personal finance in a short book. Um, but 
you know, my style may not be what someone else is interested in. So I don't have a very specific ones. Of course, I mean, I love for people to use my simulations, which are called GoVenture, uh, G-O-V-E-N-T-U-R, GoVenture.net is our website. But uh, but really, it's about pursuing your own curiosity. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean that's that's a that's a great starting point for sure. Like just just get out there and actually like start like self learning. Like you don't need. I, I find sometimes that because of the clutter of of everything out there, because there's so many people telling you this is the right way, this is this is how you do it, this is how you do it. That like people don't take the time to actually look at it and go you know what, I could just like search this up. I could just learn this myself. But because it feels like they have all the answers over here, I should, they lean towards going over there for all the answers instead of just finding them themselves. Yeah, that's a good observation. And that's very important whenever you're doing anything, any research on the internet is don't just follow one path, is pursue a number of paths, see different opinions on things so that you can, Kind of create your own opinion you know um I, I i have a saying that i've been saying for years is always consider other people's experiences of the world because you can learn from them but never assume them as your own never assume somebody else's experience is going to be your experience so what you should do is mm. learn from a variety of people consider their experiences but never assume them as your own take little bits and pieces that resonate with you and kind of create a mashup that's best for you right because ultimately we come back to the context talk and we go, it's, it's, it's your context. It's your life. Your life is different than everyone else's. And ultimately, yeah, like we can pull from all different sources. Um, but like a one size fits all, it's just not going to do it. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta fit into your world, your context in order to make the biggest impact it can make. That's right. I mean, we're all unique. You're unique. I'm unique. You're, whoever's listening to this, you're unique. Now, there are some similarities and foundational stuff in how personal finance works, right? Credit is credit. Yeah. You're not going to change that. <laughs> um, you know, you know, school costs a certain amount of money. You're not necessarily going to change that, but you have choices. So, you know, take your uniqueness, what you want to achieve, and then find choices that align with your needs and wants and desires. Yeah. Awesome. So I asked these two questions for all of my guests on mental money. And the first question is, what is your biggest financial mistake and what did you learn from it? Oh boy. Biggest <laughs> so I've, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I, I tell people I make mistakes every day and I've calculated like 9,300 mistakes. That I've made. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, you know, I started, I started my business very early in life. Um, I was only out in the industry for about a year and a half. I was an engineer with IBM and I decided to leave IBM to start my business. And, you know, I, I think I moved to a location where maybe it wasn't the best location for my type of business. So I think that's, it wasn't necessarily a, a financial, um, cause I'm very, I'm very careful with how I spend money. Um, and I, I I think through I think through things a lot, analyze things a lot before I make uh, those types of decisions. So it wasn't necessarily the spending of money, but rather choosing to run my business in the wrong location. Hmm. All right. Second question. 
what's your next biggest financial goal? Uh, well, I, what I expect is, uh, is my main business. I have a few different businesses, but my main business, I'm, I expect that somebody's going to want to acquire my main business at some point. It's almost happened to a few times over the past number of years. Um, never quite closed, but I expect that's probably going to happen. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's the, the main goal that, um, you know, I, I would foresee happening to me in the future is is having uh, selling my my main business. Do you have a step after that? Do you have a goal in mind after? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it takes some time off because I work too hard <laughs> for too long. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the kind of person where I can't turn off. I'm always going to be doing something. In my earlier days, my my thinking was that I would become an angel investor and invest in other businesses and be active in those businesses. Mm. But um, I, I've shifted that mindset a little bit uh, to maybe just maybe creating my own very small side businesses. Like, for example, I, I started another business recently where I invented a, a, a an accessory for Hot Wheels. I don't know if you know Hot Wheels, little toy, yeah. toy cars, most popular toy in the world, in fact. Uh, I've created an accessory to make uh, tracks, uh, building tracks really easy and fun. And so I, I might, I think I might create this little side invention company where I just keep it very small myself, maybe a couple of assistants and, uh, and just invent really fun things for just for fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Um, where can people find you? Best place is my website, Giorgio.com. It's my last name, G-E-O-R-G-H. IOU.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you, Randy. Well, thanks again, Matthew, for coming on and have that conversation with me. I think this one will really target the high school audience. And for all the high schoolers out there, or even entering college, I just want you all to know that you don't have to have it all figured out. But at the end of the day, you should be planning for your basics. You should know the basics of just simply living life. You can get prepared just by knowing the basics, knowing the basics of your finances, knowing the basics of what it costs to live. And I think Matthew Simulator will really help you understand that a little bit better. So if you enjoyed this conversation with Matthew, go follow him. Go check out his website. I'm sure he's got a lot of new stuff going on. And if you liked this episode or any other episode of Mental Money, would you do us a favor and just give us a rating and a review? We want to know what we're doing well, what we can improve on, any topics that you want to hear us talk on. We would love to hear your input. So Matthew and the rest of my Mental Money audience, keep going, keep winning. I'm cheering for you.